in his presence hallelujah thank you guys sit down amen i'm sure somebody's wondering i thought we said we we're going to talk about renewed sexuality why are we taking so much time to worship i just pitied you truly you know because everything we say in church ends up a theory because people don't even know the reality of the life that can aid them to live it am i making sense to anybody come on now help me i said am i making any sense to anybody see many of the things you have heard in church listen listen one thing timothy said before i read the anchor scriptures that will lead us through the entire scripture tonight and tomorrow right because i intend to read them before i read those anchor scriptures one of the things that paul said to timothy is paul said that in the last days men will have a form of godliness but they will deny what the power so you will come to church and you will hear people talking about purity but you will find out that it almost reads impossible to anybody who sat down to listen that they can truly be pure are you following me ah anita where are you coming from did you come in all the way from Eketh? when the lord help you was it for the meeting or you just came to Joss? okay better ah, oh you scare me how can i travel from Eketh for this kind of meeting and then i'll now begin to ask whether i love god like that do you understand ah. amen nelson how now you came from lagos are you doing your court attachment here ah, yeah i thought so when i saw you i said criminal you know stay in law school in lagos glory hallelujah it's so good to see a lot of people amen the lights are on me so i can't see plenty of people. but i saw my sister sister bauer i saw you you know there's a way i used to see you anyway even if you hide in the dark if i if you're in the office my spirit will know and Dorcas bar is around thank you amen i'm so glad to see a number of my friends the lights are on me amen femi coca played drums this night the holy spirit had to come down oh, you didn't hear me okay. oh i think i'm in the wrong church shall i move on okay glory hallelujah amen okay many of you look too serious tonight so let me look serious too you see when the bible says that okay so i'm saying to you that paul wrote to timothy and told him that especially as the days approach men will be confessing and declaring things that they don't actually mean they don't know anything about and this is how jesus himself puts it he said, because knowledge will increase, the love of many will wax cold. It is, you know, all of my growing up life, I found it difficult to believe that scripture. Because I thought that when knowledge increases, love should increase. Then I actually discovered that what will happen is that knowledge will be so available, people will no longer value that knowledge for what it truly is. Are you following me? So, in that generation, there will be a million and one alternatives to what God said that makes more sense. Not because it actually makes sense, but because the people have not fellowshiped with God long enough to know what he said. See, Joshua, this is one of the things that a generation must learn. There is no part of scripture you can interpret logically. Every part of scripture has to be revealed to you like God will do to us tonight. I thought somebody would say proper amen. amen. Because if it is not revealed to you, every time you put it beside logic, it will not make sense. 
That's where the first problem is. Especially with sexuality. Are you following me? Why? What level of human torture and punishment is that? That God will make fine, fine babes feel them in the world. Then he will now tell me not to touch them. Is he alright? No, does it make sense to you? Don't be looking at me like that. Better answer me sincerely. Does it really make sense to you? You know, your generation is quickly believing that even the cleanest of us have to have a taste of it before we say yes. In fact, you know, I kept saying to my wife recently, sex is so cheap, you can buy sex for 200 bucks. Now she agrees with me because we watched a documentary yesterday. Pastor Tony Apple's documentary, the first day. The girl said they were selling sex for even 15 naira. That when the day that business is bad, that anything you have. So people give them 50 bucks for sex. I'd always said to my wife, sex is cheap. It's almost free now. Now there are people who tell themselves that they are sex maniacs. You hear people tell, they, they just, there are girls who tell themselves, I'm a nympho. I can't sleep if I don't have it. That kind of girl does not need commitment to sleep with you. Now, part of the things I intend to do tonight and tomorrow night is to show you what Satan's grand design is. What exactly is the plan? Why doesn't God make sense? In a generation like ours, where you can pick sex on the street, let me tell you the truth. I have handled counseling matters where people slept with each other not knowing their, their names. You know you can enter a party tonight and meet a guy whose name you don't know and end up in bed. What exactly is Satan trying to do what is he trying to sell? To what end is this sex craziness in a generation? There has, I am convinced that there has never been a sex crazy generation like our generation. That in fact, many people from when they break puberty just believe that their lives are not complete because they are not having sex. So, and for those of you who know, this teaching is supposed to be sequel to a first teaching that we're done called Sanctified Sexuality. And in Sanctified Sexuality, we majorly dealt with why it makes sense to stay clean. And I did it in honor of some of our guys. My wife is here. She knows. We have married a whole bunch of virgins here. How do we know? Because we're not just pastors. We're also parents. We have, I told her, I said, if we've not had any success in ministry, that we married virgin after virgin after virgin, for me, just tells me that part of the reasons why there's this madness, sir, in any generation, is because people have not found family around which they can be accountable. 
So because many people have not been taught. They pick up knowledge from the street. And they leave, they cast off restraints. And the moment they cast off restraints, they are finding the parts of life by themselves. Until they become beaten and battered and broken and torn. You guys, let's sing it. Yeah. Show me the way that I may follow. Show me the way that you have trod. Show me the way that I may follow. See, I've been beaten and battered and broken and torn, but I'll not stop until I find you. Say, show me the way that I may follow. Show me the way that you have trod. Show me the way that I may follow. See, I've been beaten and battered and broken and torn, but I'll not stop until I find you. Say, show me the way that I may follow. Show me the way that you have trod. Show me the way that I may follow. See, I've been beaten and battered and broken and torn, but I will not stop until I find you. One more time. Show me the way that I may follow. Show me the way that you have trod. Show me the way that I may follow. See, I've been beaten and battered and broken and torn, but I will not stop. Until I find you, my heart, my soul, please take control. As I learn to walk your way, so day by day, as I My heart, my soul, please take control as I learn to walk your way. So day by day, as I follow you, my devotion be but you know, for many of them, I found a common denominator. I'll tell you what I found. Alright? I told you the anchor scriptures I'm going to read tonight. Okay? And tonight you must permit the rain of the Spirit to fall upon you. Okay? There was one common denominator I found with many of them. I found out that a good number of them were people we found as little children, as students in Zaria. So I discovered that because God found them early, and they were placed within the context of family, even when they made their mistakes, their mistakes were redeemable before they were broken. So it was strange to hear. And that's how we raised our family. I mean, I'm talking about our spiritual family. Presently, it doesn't look so important, so the church doesn't talk about sex anymore. Because as it stands, it's a bit difficult to find people who can pinpoint accurately what scripture actually says about sex.
many people who can teach it in truth really don't want to teach it because it seems to be something that has pervaded and invaded the atmosphere. Almost everybody wants to be involved in it. And let me tell you, even scripture acknowledges your day. Because the wise man was writing to his son. And he said, son, I need you to know that stolen waters is sweet. When he spoke about stolen waters, he wasn't talking about going to your neighbor's house to steal water to drink. No. He was saying to you that the legality of sex outside of its context was Samuel offering a bond of reward. No, the people I'm talking to, they know what I'm talking about. Alright? Are you following me? See the wise man speaking to his son. What did he say to him? Stolen waters are sweet. And bread eaten in secret, what is it? Give me the next verse. Verse 18. Uh, you took me there. But he, that what? The dead are where? Inside the, that that water he is stealing, that's where many died. And that, the guests, now he's now telling you that that's stolen water. He say, ha. And her guests are where? They're in the depths of hell. And before you start thinking that the Bible is threatening you, I don't like the way the Bible is threatening people with hell. No, 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 no. Cool down. Don't go to hell. Let's, let's stay with the consequence of sex in the earth. Because ultimately, when we speak heaven and hell, all that people are thinking about is that God is threatening us and telling us that, see, if you like disobey me, you will meet Satan in hell. Then you will know yourself. As though the only reward for following God is heaven. And then the only consequence of not following God is hell. Nobody will go to hell because God sent him there. Everybody who went to hell went by their choice. Because they rejected salvation. Listen, nobody will go to hell for stealing. But nobody who loves God steals. Yeah. Do you understand? People will go to hell because they rejected the free gift of God. When he said that her guests are in the depths of hell, you need to begin to understand what the depths of hell is. I will show you her canker worm. When she eats, when I say she, don't be thinking I'm talking to brothers. The Bible is not gender sensitive. It's the same consequence in, on every front. Alright? Next verse. Give me verse 19. Just so that we can be sure what we are talking about here. Verse 19. Uh, sorry, 10 one, right? Uh, uh, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son maketh God his father's son. Go back to verse, nine, verse chapter 9. So, when he started saying, but I counsel you to drink water from your own system. Amen. His father told him, he said, see, for your own sake, drink water from your own system. 
That means this particular water we are talking about, you have to find a pot that you call your own to drink this particular So, you will travel with me tonight, alright? Just travel the journey with me. Because if you don't even see the reason why you should stay away, joy, if the Bible doesn't give you a reason why it is for your own good that you stay away from sex outside of your own system, if you don't see the reason why, to agree, why you should agree with God, it becomes increasingly difficult for you to understand that God gave you that commandment for your own good. Alright? Let me do an illustration quickly. Who, who is coming? Who is coming? Ella, come. Come. Quickly. Now, when, listen, when a young, fine brother, Jesse, finds a young, fine sister, Ella, part of the thing Satan has done is to pump into the atmosphere the knowledge that says that they have triggered nothing until they join their bodies. Alright? Now notice that in God's agenda excuse me, let me in God's agenda, two cannot walk together except they be agreed. So let's arrange it in, chrono- in chronological order. First, In chronological, I told you one of the ways to interpret scripture is to rearrange it into chronology. What's the first thing that happens in that scripture? Is two. That means these two people have had. Okay, just come and stand here. As I'm saying, these two people are beginning to feel sinful. Follow me. These two people had existed independently and separately of each other. Are you following? That's the first thing that happens. Separate existence. If we asked him what primary school he went to, is totally different from what primary school she went to. If we asked him in what generation he went to primary school, it's different from generations she went to primary school. I didn't mean that. I just. You know what the wicked girl said? She said, Wow, Dado, wow. Are you following? Follow me, Osita. And I explained to those of us who are members of the God Life Assembly. I said to you, you don't even orchestrate the circumstances around which you meet. Maybe her barrel fell down. And he just felt like a gentleman and picked up the barrel and said, take. Then she just liked the way he said the take. My favorite one is Osas, Osad, two of you. You are coming from two different parts of town. Then they also had you to sit together. Then the pastor said, greet one another and then the moment you get. <laughs> and the greeting just will not finish. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody following me? Listen, the circumstances that bring two together are beyond man. But the Bible says, cannot work together except they be. That means agree precedes work together. So two first, 
Second word. That means that what must precede they are working together. Come a little. You two come a little. Uh-huh. Stay there. Don't touch shoulder. Because I know you. You are trying to reach, reach. I didn't tell you to reach anywhere. Let me even stand there so that I can be a priest. A high priest. Mediator between God and man. Are you following me? Now that they have come a bit closer, what is supposed to be the first thing joining them? After two, what's the next? Excuse me. Do we use body to agree? What do we use to agree? We use words to agree. So, my name is Joseph Jack. My name is Emanuela Ume. Abi? <laughs> my name is Joseph Jack. My name is Emanuela Ume. Okay, I live in this area of town. Okay, I live in that area of town. You know, my view about life is that this is how men are supposed to be positioned in a house. That's not how I view life. But Joseph is confused. He has never seen anything as fine as ever. So every time they disagree, he covers it up because the real reason why any two people are trying to be together in this generation is he wants to unbutton her and she wants to unzip him. Now, I told those who were in church on Sunday, I said, today, you will be the one who is ashamed. I don't have, if you look inside my eye, there's no shame there. Because when the doors are shut, you are not ashamed. So now let's open the doors. And I as a pastor, let me not be ashamed. So that when you close the door, you will know the reason to be ashamed. I'm not, I'm not playing. No. I told all my friends today, I said, I'm at war. I'm at war to redeem the soul of a generation. This matter is quickly blurring the lines between the church and the world. So let's let's not pretend that we have it under control. Let's understand that we are at war. And many of you who are sitting and looking at me know that the war is already existent within you. That many times the things you don't want to do, you find yourself doing it. And you are questioning why you seem to come under the yoke of this bondage again and again. These are part of the reasons. Listen. Oh, I believe that every man should have a pastor. No, 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 no. I believe that pastors are obstruction to family life. Oh, I believe that uh, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. It means that the man first leaves. No! I don't believe that the man ever leaves. I believe that the woman joins the man to build his father's house. Then, I believe that a man should take care of his responsibility. That's his wife. I should never walk. I should just sit at home. Then anything he gets, we will eat it and share it together. Then I will take care. Me, I believe that. What are you seeing? Listen, I told those who came for sanctified sexuality that one of the things the Holy Ghost taught me early is that people make love when they are supposed to be talking. So they end up talking when they are supposed to be making love. Uh, When are they supposed to be talking? Before they marry. 
when are they supposed to be making love? After, after they marry. So, what do we do before we marry? Anytime we see each other, were you thinking I was going to kiss her? <laughs> I sanctify your mind. Are you following? Have you noticed? Help me. Just don't just look straight so that they don't know I'm, it's you I'm talking about. Just look straight. All right, just try. Then if it's funny and everybody's laughing, don't bone. They will know that it's you. You understand? Just you should try and contribute laugh. Ha, ha, ha. But no inside that is you. No. Because it's good for you. Listen. Have you noticed that the moment you close the door between two unmarried people, constructive thinking stops. Chubi, you are married. Have you noticed that when you close the door behind two married people, the first thing that happens before anything is constructive thinking? Honey, we have not. Tell <laughs> your wife, did one. Nalio, I'm not only my wife. Make I move like this. Or they pour me acid. That's when they're thinking the children's school fees. What are we doing about that house we want to build? When, when do we want to buy that land? Notice that a husband and a wife cannot wait for space to talk constructive thinking. And most times it is that constructive talk and thinking that binds them first in heart that ends them up bound in body. Sex. Every time you have two unmarried people, whether they are adult or married people, meaning they are married people to other people, apart from the people that you love the door behind with. Okay. Because, you know, we are quick to think that we are talking to young people. Just God that will arrive at that realm in thinking where when the doors close, when I don't tire, I, I just don't want to play music throughout now. I'm trusting God that we will arrive at a point in purity, and I'm reading for you from scripture. The Bible says, Let there not be a mention of sin among you. When I read it, what I see is the possibility to Dalamasam. I like the pulpits closer, you understand? I don't know why they used to keep pulpit far like this. I don't know why I'm talking to glass. Are you hearing me? Listen, I'm trusting God for that level of purity in our minds that makes that when the doors are shut behind any two people, what the focus will be constructive thinking. real problem, Biodo. Do you notice that we get to a place in burning in our lust, that we are even trying to organize everybody going so that the door can close. And you know, there's a promise in scripture I find true. That God is faithful with the temptation to provide a way of escape. So almost every time you find those doors closed, when you are beginning to misbehave, something will obstruct. What a foolish man does is he does not know that that's God's window of escape. 
that's when one silly neighbor knocks the door. I say, I bet, when I get salt, does anybody know what I'm talking about? That when I get salt is heaven's way of escape. If you had any sense, you should have said to yourselves, there's an eye watching us. No, it's not the eye of the person that came to collect salt. It's a, a divine eye trying to make room for us to overcome this. You'll notice that what foolishness ends up doing to you is you t- give me the salt, give me the salt, quick. Give. And I've preached over the years and I've said to people, there's no sexual pressure. There is so much of a pressure. There's only one proof. My brother, let me give you a walk. If you ever arrive at the place where you cannot control yourself, just imagine that two of us cannot control ourselves. Myself and Ella, ah, guy, Ella. Every day I was in this church, you are tempting me. I very push leave me with my children. That's how we are. All right, those of you who are coming for the first time. That's how we are in this church. Don't so don't kill yourself. Okay. We are doing very well right now. Okay. You know, if we want to live in sin, we will not be talking about this kind of thing. So, okay, every day Ella is hustling me. I'm just tempted. Now, finally, I found out that Ella is tripping for me. Ah. Then she says, ah, I love you too. I, I cannot, but I just have one thing to tell you before we go on. And I say, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up, we need to finish. Don't let my fire die. You know, that fire, if you waste time, the fire can die. Don't let my fire die. <laughs> Sorry. Is anybody still here? Light the fire again. <laughs> Are you following? And then she says, Jesus, I just, I just confirmed the first day in the hospital that I'm HIV positive. Notice the guy who could not wait will suddenly turn into a counselor. It is well, eh? It's not the end of life. God is watching. He will make your way for you. Why he saying he will make your way for you? He's wearing his shirt with one hand. And if you leave him, he'll be walking and saying, Cry, Jesus, you love me all. No, 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 no. Understanding that makes you know that by the power of the spirit that is upon you, even the spirit of self-control, there is no feeling you cannot say no to. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2 verse 11 that the grace, the same grace that saved us, comes to us with the ability to say no to ungodliness. That means, to believe that I cannot say no is to deny my very salvation. Because the same grace that saved me, that was 11, that the grace that brought salvation, that same grace has appeared unto us, teaching us, that's the NIV, it's a teaching us to say no to ungodliness. King James says, teaching us that denying all ungodliness and worldly passion, we might live sober and godly lives in this present world. 
Give me the NIV. You have to find it. I want them to see the no. Let them know it's righteous to say no. 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 Let me tell you something. Listen to me. And you must understand this. There is no force on the earth. Okay. Let me start like this. There is no man who is free of the influence of divine forces. No man. It's a Roman 6 story. Alright? That a man moves from being a slave to sin that leads to death and becomes a slave to righteousness that leads to death. So every man is a slave. Somebody say I'm a slave. If you don't say it properly, I'll sing Lucky Dube song. I am a slave. A prisoner. I am a slave. I'm a liquor slave. My wife says she's a Jesus slave. Listen. That was Lucky Dube saying to you that the bottle controls his life. That's why the Bible says wine is a mocker and strong drink is a prouder. Whoever is led astray by it is a fool. That means you permitted a bottle to think for you. Do you understand it? No, no. I wanted to establish something first, right? Are you guys with me tonight? And the first thing to establish is that every man is a slave. You don't like it. Look what you've done for me. Your blood has set me free. Jesus, my Savior. Look what you've done for me. I haven't been the same ever since the day I called your name. Yahweh, Yahweh. Look what you've done for me. Then what? What can I do for you, my Lord? I want you to know my heart is yours. It's not a question. It's not a question of what you can do for me. But what can I do? Listen to me. It is even wrong to think that Christianity is freedom. Let me, can I introduce you to Christianity? Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Immediately after I said, take my yoke upon you. And learn on me. He said, because I am meek and lowly in heart. Then he thought that was old. He said, my yoke then he added something. Am I? That means no man is free. Every man is a yoke bearer. It's just that this present slavery is easy. This present burden is light because he carries it for you. Please register somewhere in your mind that every man is a slave. If you ever hear anybody say, free yourself from this Christianity thing and enjoy your life. No, no, no. What he's saying is free yourself from God's slavery and come to a wicked yoke master. 
Because it looks like enjoyment until its yoke has a grip on you. Ask how many people started smoking as enjoyment and are now smoking because they are bound. Ask how many people started drinking as enjoyment and are now drinking because they are bound. There is nothing Satan gives you that is not addictive. There is nothing God gives you that does not put you in control. The difference between the God slavery and the satanic slavery is that the satanic slavery takes away control from you. So you find people who, if they don't have sex, something is wrong. But you know what a believer is? Even in marriage, he has self-control. So if they lifted him from Nigeria and posted him to the Netherlands, and he had to be there for eight months, nine months, ten months. Even though he has a normal human body, there is no feeling that rises from that man that he's not in charge of. The Bible calls it the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Only God buys you as a slave and gives you control over your life. Satan does not do it. You can quote me anywhere. Anybody who began to serve Satan began it as I went to my secondary school. After the crusades we did, you know, recently because I adopted all of the three students. I told them, all of them, I'm their new father. And many of them went home and got their parents to call me that they have another daddy. So I came that day. I didn't have so much time in town, but I needed to go and see my children. By the time I got to the school, it was already late. So they had gone for dinner. It was like 6.30. And there was no light in the hall. So I walked in. I parked my car outside. The moment I walked in and they saw my shape. Many of them were telling me the story. That they pointed. They said, see daddy. Then they pointed, see daddy. They were doing, they were doing extension. It was only the SS3 student. The girls roared, daddy. They poured on me. I was falling off. They didn't care. It was daddy. Everybody wanted to touch. And you know how guys are. <laughs> all the guys just look for an area. Just, they waited for all the girls to finish shouting. And I told the girls, okay girls, sit down, sit down. You know I need to talk to you guys and it's getting late. You know, and I'm going to travel tomorrow so you have to sit down. That was how I managed to get the girls to sit down. Then a few of the guys, like five, six of them, they were close to like 50, 60 in the hall. Like six of them came to me. You're welcome, sir. And in my heart, I say, if I slap, I will nail you to the ground now. Those were the ones that were even born again. You know, they had to, they gathered themselves together. It all comes out. So I told them to sit down. Then I started speaking. Then I noticed a few of the boys were in some clique. And they were talking at the top of their voices. As though to say to the girls, Pastor can only be talking to you people. Then I said, all day, the first thing that makes you a man is the culture called respect. I said, if you don't respect people who have walked a path before you did, that's why God put respect for elders in scripture. Even as a pastor, I'm not permitted to rebuke an elder carelessly. 
So I said to them, I know what's worrying you people. You started seeing hair. I told you you'll be the one that is ashamed. I don't have time. I said, you, you, you started seeing hair. Because you counted some six strands. You are, no, no, no. You are suddenly thinking that nobody can talk to you. And you believe that that's what makes you hard. You start like that until you wake up one day and discover that even when you want to honor, you don't have the power to. So a, the spirit of a holy gun now sits upon you. Whatever they give to you, you blow like the wind because you are a vagabond. That element you see that they call hardness is a vagabond spirit. You arrive at the place where you cannot make anything constructive out of whatever is given to you. Because in your mind, you are hard. Then suddenly they kept quiet. And I said to them, you had better learn now. But you're just 16. You are 17. You don't have a hang on life. And you know, as I'm talking now, you know I'm talking to some of you still. The moment a girl just once she just notices something has come out, she's just thinking, Kai, I have reached. Reached where? Where were you going to be? Do you even know where you are going? How can you reach where you don't know? If you read the book of Titus, one of the things Paul did beautiful, and listen to me, every one of you, wherever you came from, whatever church you, because it's only on Sundays that this church used to be this full. Today that is this full, I'm either thinking is that there's a miracle somewhere. That's why I'm talking like many of you are not from this church because I'm not, I'm not even sure of myself right now. <laughs> An officer just walked in. checking out I'm not I think some people came with bomb. Are you following? Wherever you come from, Paul established an order. You know I'm laying foundations now. Because I'm going to a specific issue. How does a person who has already been hooked and has a hang on what sex is come back to the place where they can restore the purposes of God for their lives and have a full control over their sexuality? That's the essence of these two days. To say to you, it is great to remain a virgin, but God doesn't consider you any less because you had a mistake. That in the package called salvation, there is complete restoration, even if you lost your virginity. I said complete. You're not a second-hand virgin. You are as virgin as any virgin is a virgin in Christ. So I didn't come to teach hopelessness. But if we don't set certain spiritual things in proper order, what will happen is you'll just hear an exciting message. And you go home. Is this still the God Life Assembly? You guys look very cool. In your garden, my God. And I like this kind of cooler. Let it enter. It's a solemn assembly, my brother. In the calm 
of your presence. I am listening, Lord. I am still. I am quiet. I am yours. See, that's how you surrender yourself. I'll say it again. No. Bless. Only Jesus takes your life and gives you control. Paul said, all things are beneficial, but not all things are profitable. He said, everything is lawful. I can do anything I want. He said, but I will not be brought under the control of anything. The reason why you lost sexual control is because you didn't learn control over little things. Some of you, the day you got a good wristwatch, nobody had word again. You wore it in the morning, wore it in the evening. Wait. You walked out of home. You had gone 15 minutes trek. Then you remembered you did not wear it and walked back to where. When you start to permit tiny little things to define you like that, what you did not know is that you are giving them control. The worst you place on anything physical is the amount of control it has over you. That's the reason why God's antidote for control is give. The day you wake up and find out you've got such a deep attachment to that particular set, tell that set it does not have control over your life. Wake up, look for somebody else and throw it at you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how God designed it. At least five other sets, better than that one, will come back to you. Good measure, press down, second together, and run. The moment you overcome it, you will have it. Many people are poor because they have not overcome money. That's why God's pathway in making you rich is to cause you to give money. Because if you don't overcome it, if God multiplies it, it will control you. And in God's design, a believer should not be brought under the control of anything. It is that redemption that will raise the next set of Christian billionaires in dollars. We will harvest this world before Jesus appears. Believe me. I know that there is wealth that God is getting set to give the church. But it is not the church in this present thinking. This church. That when you have money more than others, you are now chairman of building committee. It's not this church God wants to give that money to. It's not. Suddenly when you are rich, then you are important. The present day church, where we measure a man's important by how much he has. Paul revealed that if a man gives to another, he should do it with simplicity. That means the person we should humble the most is the guy who has money. So that he understands that he is only sending his money on a God mission. He's not making room for himself in other people's lives so that he can control them. That's the reason why a seed is not sown until he dies. If a person gives to church and he's supervising what is done with it, he didn't give. Please. I don't know I went that way, but it was very important. Don't come under the control of anything. If you collect a salary and you find yourself calculating your life around it, you understand what I'm saying? How much is my salary now? 15K. Hey, oh, 15K. They say we should give tight. One, one, five. You know me now. I don't care about tight. I don't. Eh. Eh. One, five. Kai! 
That will make it 13.5. Jesus, how will I be doing now? Lambs are can be only eating 300 every day for 30 days. 9k. Jesus Christ. Somebody used 30k to eat. 9k to eat. What will now be remaining? 4,500. Hmm. I have transport to do to church three times every week. 150 going, 150 come back. Jesus times eight. 300 times eight. How much? The money. The moment you find yourself calculating your life like that and trapping your life within the confines of what you have, prove to the devil that he doesn't have sense. Remove the entire money, drop it inside offering, and tell Satan, let me die. If there's no father, no, no, we're not teaching you principles from the blues. We're telling you things we did until we overcame. Now, that money has not been born. Now, in my present life, even the money knows. The dead makes noise and dash it. And the moment you overcome it, you start to have it. I'm telling you principles. So when you find a man, Oster, who cannot control himself sexually, it's because he didn't know how to bring himself to the place where he tells himself nothing controls him. Tommy, you know what I do? If I begin to love a drink consistently, you know what I do? I stop drinking it. I hear people say I'm a coke addict. There are no bonder bottle. Some of you are even proud about it. Because you believe it's sugar, it's not alcohol. You know, that's the reason why you are comfortable in your head. Until you are soon dying of diabetes at 24. As I'm speaking to you right now, be identifying your addictions and declaring, Lord, I have, this thing loses control over me. This one loses control over me. This one. In secondary school, I nearly slapped my friend. Prayer secretary. You know what happened, Femi? It was prayer meeting Saturday evening. I was Bible study secretary. My meetings were Sunday evening. We came for a prayer meeting. My friend and brother came like 5.30 for a meeting that started 3.30. And the way he walks, he doesn't like sand touching his body. My friend was extra clean. And they used to call me John the Baptist then. When I heard Maya singing rap on Sunday, I said, Dado is the guy, coolest pastor I know. Yo, yo, show, show. It's your best, it's your birthday, go, go. Yeah, that's the line I forgot. Then I was like, I'm singing it, I was singing He said, I heard one line, fine saying, fine wow, blah, blah, blah. I saved this boy, knows where I was. When I was looking for God, there was nothing fine. Let me, I was haggard. Believe me. They called me John the Baptist. Eh? I was a prefect. He was not. When it was 3 o'clock and there was no light in all of our hostels, including his own, I carried my shirt as a prefect, rumpled. My trousers rumpled. I wore it like that and I wore my sandals to the hall because God's business cannot wait for light. Till today, that's my attitude. Let everyone fix the clothes and see now. And I came to the hall and my friend came Two hours into his service. Prayer secretary. For prayer meeting. Came two hours. He was my classmate. That's the only thing that saved him that day. When I was in secondary school, my temper, my temper was very short. 
before you say ah, Allah slapped you. Okay. That was then. Now God, come on. Those of you who know, you know. So that when you look at us, you know Jesus has worked. I slapped one boy, he nearly died. The way he was not moving on the ground, I was saying to him, Get up. I was the one who was afraid. I said today people can't believe it. Are you following me? My wife is out hallelujah because I've never slapped her before. <laughs> if that was the man she met, there, there will be no hallelujah today. <laughs> I met a pastor's wife one day, her eyes red, full, mouth full. It looked like she put egg inside. So I greeted her, ah, mama, hello. She said, five, pastor. I said, mama, what happened? She said she fell down from bike. And I believed. Was much later, I was talking to an older minister. And then the older minister told me, that this pastor's wife, you guys talk to your friend. He's his wife. I say, my friend. Said this pastor's wife that keeps telling you that she's falling from bike. It's the machine in the house. Oh. Give her five-fold ministry. Yes. No, no. I don't believe he's like that anymore. I'm just telling you. Alright? I'm, I'm not. Uh-huh. You don't even know who it is. So you can be thinking, which of his friends? Soon think he's not an airbus, you hear? <laughs> I, know. I know some of you can be thinking, hey, that can be Nathaniel though. Okay. Post it on Facebook tonight. If police don't arrest you. I'm, I've got amazing friends now. You know, no man who has sense lifts up his hand against a woman. It was my father that told me, that if you want to fight, go and look for your mate. My father said, if you are so angry, hit your head against the wall, then you can calm down. Is the height of cowardice is for a man to lift up his hand. The height of cowardice. Are you are you still here? Okay. My time is going. Let me let me try and behave myself. Listen to me, guys. One of the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to you, Galatians chapter 5, is self. So he never puts anything in your life that controls you. When I just on Sunday, those of you who are here on Sunday, you know that I looked. Yes, I was, even me, I knew I looked sweet. When I wore the cloth on Sunday morning in Abuja before we took off, I told my wife, there shall be lying downs today. Because I made a covenant with God a long time ago. That the moment I enter into worship, if my cloth talks, I will lie down. If I enter into worship and I feel fine, okay. Jesus, your name is holy. Go check out your shirt. Jesus, your name is light. Jesus, your name will break every stronghold. Teaching words. Jesus. You will notice, especially if you are leading the worship. I'm trying to set my watch so that you can see. 
This watch is a Mont Blanc. Made in France. So, you understand? You, it can pass. Jesus, your name. Oh Lord, your name. There is no other God who lives on there. What is actually putting in your face is you need to see say Mont Blanc. There is no. There is no. Listen. And those who notice, those of you guys in hatred, you will have noticed that certain times I'll lift up my hands to worship. I'll drop the hands, remove the wristwatch and drop it. The reason is because he talked. You think I'm talking about wristwatches now? I'm telling you where Satan stole your sexuality from. He stole little, little things from you and you got used to losing control and just letting those things gain control over you. The moment you see meat, you can't control yourself. You see me, I just have one quick meat. Suya. Hey! Even I see suya like this, my body. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Sandra, I heard it. That's the reason why girls lose their virginity to a bottle, bottle of yogurt. It's because what Satan initially targeted is your self-control. With your self-control, you determine this man, no. This guy, this guy cannot even be us, but not talk about us. I will not marry. You see, it was that you are losing of self-control that Satan took advantage of. That made that you are 23. But Satan sent you. That's how you are letting men pass. Soon, you enter menopause. Then you two are thinking, hey, let me quickly say yes. Then one Jackie. One kangaroo. Who come and stand in front of you. You are looking at the guy. You can tell this guy is not going anywhere. I think let my time not pass. What Satan stole from you first is self-control. The ability to know that your life depends on God and Him alone. No, no. So our guys were marrying here. The wife just gave birth. The guy was writing a poem for his wife. We do that for every marriage. And he said, I consider it a privilege to partake of your love for Jesus. No, you don't understand. He knows she's so consumed loving Jesus. He considers it a privilege that out of that love she has for Jesus, Jesus permitted her to love him. Nobody can love you better than a person who has learned love in the arms of Jesus. Nobody. Believe me. I'm not talking religion here. I'm talking life. Is anybody hearing me tonight? The second thing in that order, let me deal with that order and then we'll read First Corinthians 6. The second thing in that order I said, first is what? Two. Second is what? Agree. Then what's the third? Walk together. 
means Israel. In God's agenda, Ella should look at Joseph and say he is a noble man. And even though I can see weaknesses in him, I know that the Lord Jesus permits me to go with him because I see the hand of God upon Joseph. So every time she sees Joseph, she's thinking, from glory to glory, he's changing me. He's changing me. He's changing me. He's he made a likeness to perfect in me. He's the love of God shown to the world. He's changing me. He's changing me. From earthly things to the heavenly. His image and likeness to perfect in me. Let me tell you. Nobody marries a man or a woman because they are perfect. But everybody can marry a man or a woman who is submitted under the mighty hand of oh God. You can tell that even the things she's not thinking well about is because she has not learnt it yet under the hand of God. Oh, get under cultural pressure. Get under societal pressure. We get under the pressure of the prince of the power of the air. The ruling mindsets that rule a generation. The one that is painful. Boys are 15. Then they are feeling thrown out because they don't have girlfriends. 15? You, don't even, you have not caught a bearing for your life. Those are the days to catch your vision first. Because if I'm inviting Ella to enter into my life, what is she coming to? Aimlessness? What's she coming to? SSE? She has to be coming to a vision I have seen and I'm convinced about. The same way, if Ella is inviting me into her life, I need to be coming into a vision. The purpose that she sees clearly. That's why I said to guys, please step back so that I can finish this teaching. All right. That's why I said to guys, Charles, you don't even qualify to toast a baby until you have exercised your self-control small. You know how to exercise it. Pick Rose. Know that there's no plan to marry Rose. I will invest in Rose and make her better for whoever we marry her. That way, I'm not afraid to tell Rose from day one. This relationship is not marital by any means. And I will not say it with my mouth and do something else. Because, let me, can I speak to brothers a bit? Uh, better answer me. Brothers, can I speak to you a bit? Listen to me. It is a revelation of a low self-esteem when a brother is trying to validate himself by how many sisters pre treat for him. I said again. It is actually a manifestation of a low self-esteem. And you will not be delivered from it by marrying. Because even after marriage, you will be looking for who will trip for you so that you can tell yourself you are important. 
is a spiritual disease is low self-esteem no man was designed to take the definition of his value from other men every man was designed to draw the sense of his value from what god says concerning him notice that first corinthians i think chapter two or so close saying and god took the things that are not and used them to confound the things that are and he brought to naught the things that are by the things that are not that means if a man knows his true value in the sight of god when men say you are not you rejoice he just say, see this guy you are even useless no girl will follow you that's when you start to rejoice because you know that that insult qualifies you to be the tool by which god will bring to naught the things that are the same people who say that to you will come to your home six years later when their own homes are crumbling and say not how are you doing it the reason is because they have now come to naught and you that used to be not he used you to bring to naught so i love it when men call me swagbe hey that's how people used to do holy holy so you mean that girl that's going around with you you are not touching her hey and then you are feeling useless because some not head. I should say it again. Coconut head. Looked at you, Oyster, and said to you, You mean you have never slept with anybody? And you call yourself a man. You are keeping all this big, big body. You don't know how a woman is. That's what makes you a man now. Everybody say, Ah, cry, 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 cry. You now mess. You not best. How did you even get into the company of those kind of righteous people? That they get to the place where they make you feel like you are not important, Raymond. Because you chose the values of God. When they say you are not, that's when you should rejoice. It is, ah, hi, this guy. I repeat this guy, they do Remember, God chose the foolish things. No, no. Do you understand? Say, people say things about you. Then you go to cry. Then you come out to prove something. Then in proving something, you lose through what? Because through what is being that instrument that God can use. See, if you have never seen a testimony, look at me. I'm one. If you had met me when I was a lot smaller, you were not likely going to think that anything would come out of. I'm not joking. I used to say the story here. People would laugh. Me to join them to laugh. But it was not funny. That time, my mother can't send me to bring three things. She can she knows. Two is already complex enough. My younger sister is here. If my mother says to me, go to the kitchen, bring me plate and serving spoon with spoon for eating. Because of the amount of insults I've taken in my life, precious. I leave that place determined to show them that I can do it. In my determination, I will step out reciting. Plate, serving spoon, spoon. Plate, serving spoon, spoon. Plate, serving spoon, spoon. One useless devil, either in the form of a bed, just something will just happen. Maybe one stick will fall down. 
Then I turn to look at it. Then when I turn back, I cannot remember again. I'm not joking. Then I'll be thinking, what did my mother say I should pray? Then I'll be thinking, Maranto. No, it's not Maranto. You know Maranto? Oh, Lord. And I'll stop and think and think and think and think. Oh, that's Patula. Yeah? That's Maranto Abi. Patula Abi. I'll think and think and think and think. Then I'll enter the kitchen. Then I'll take a pot. You are still laughing at me. God will forgive you. I'll take a pot. And I'll take maybe a bowl. I'll just make sure there are three things. You know the Bible says, come boldly unto the throne of grace. But from when I'm leaving the kitchen where I was sent, to when I'm reaching my mother, alright? Imagine that my wife is my mother. Every step I take, I'll be losing confidence. Then I'll think, go back and change it to. Then I'll ask myself, change it to what? I don't even know what to change it to. See them, they're laughing at their pastor. Just that. Then I walk. When I come to my mother, I can't say, Gashina, no. Ganina, no, 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 no. I will just open my hand so she can see. Because I can't say I brought it. I'm not sure if it is what I was sent to do. So I just open my hand and be looking at my mother uselessly. I know my mother can insult you without saying anything. What did she say? But from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, you are feeling useless. Is there anybody's mother like my mother? Oh, see, I better open this water for me. They are laughing at me. I need to cool down. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if anybody had told anybody that I would be leading the nations to the obedience of Christ and teaching the wisdom by which the earth will submit to the will of the Father, nobody would have expected it. Even me, Pa, wouldn't have expected it. So everything I did for God was because I was already useless. The only place I could have been useful was in his hands. So if I found out that God found me useful, I would recite memory verse in church, then they would clap, and I think, this is the only place where I'm useful. And tomorrow, we'll come and sing special number. We are the blessed children that love the joyful sound. We are the covenant. It's Joyce Father that wrote that song. We are walking in the light of his glory. Then they give us, we know him as our God, our Father, Jesus Christ the Son, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our wonderful, sweet companion. We know him as our God, our Father, Jesus Christ the Son, our Savior and the Holy Spirit, our wonderful, sweet companion. Then I say, yes, we are. Then I see people who clap. Then I say, I'm important here. That's how a pastor was made. 
I will get up. Then I'll say to people, for God so loved. It means God so... Then people say, hmm. Then I'll find out I'm important here. Every other... T- Let me tell you. My, I come from a very, I nearly said lousy family. Every, see, in my house, if you are not funny, they will throw you inside the sea. Do you understand? Everybody, if we sit down with my brothers now, we can crack for hours. We have always been like that. That's how my whole house was. Everybody knew where to take up the next joke from the last joke. And it was laughter after laughter after laughter until I contribute. One day, Ella, I contributed. The whole room went quiet. So I was wondering what I did. When I noticed nobody was laughing, I got up by myself and I left the room for them. You see, it's funny now. It was not then. My siblings do not know how many times I stood in front of a stream and I was willing to jump in. Because every time anybody looked at me, the things they said didn't feel encouraging. But you know what? That not. Uh, no, no, do you understand what I'm saying? It was my birthday on Saturday. I read the things people were saying. I hid from my wife again and again to cry. Somebody said, when we see you, we see Jesus. It was a tall order. It. Do you know what it meant to me? Hey. Then suddenly somebody says to you, you are useless. Then you went to die. No, that's what qualifies you in the Father's agenda. Oh God. So you find out that Israel, we use our low self-esteem now every girl that comes around us we are measuring for the day she will treat the moment she trips then we confirm she has tripped we now feel like conquerors then there's no excitement again the lord is speaking about my beans Suddenly, it's a new girl, me. Then I carry her. Then I teach, start all my spirits. You know, when you enter into the atrium of the seventh dimension of the higher ascension into the glories of the holies, she's more confused than when I picked her. That's how you know she will soon trip. When I finish saying that, and then I find out that she thinks, hmm, and really. What I'm measuring is not how much she has grown. John, it's not every girl that God sends to you that is for marriage. Scripture said, Femi, the Bible, Jesus speaking said, if you are not faithful with another man's, that means 
you must collect another man's wife and be faithful with her. Am I talking to some men here? Am my brother still here? Have you noticed that every kind of closeness, whether in church, in class, in school, any, every kind of closeness ends up as a relationship? Are you well? That's what makes that when you now marry, everybody who ends up close to you is an affair. No, no, it's the same thing. People think that marriage solves fornication. I plan to show you in scripture, whether tonight or tomorrow night. It doesn't. That a man is a product of what he looks like on the inside. Okay. Let me ask you. Is sex love? How come a generation became so depraved that when they say love, the first thing we are thinking about is sex. And Satan Satan planned it. I mean, when we were children, we sang those songs innocently. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things that is sex, baby. Let's talk about sex. Uh-huh, let's talk. Ladies, hey, oh ladies, louder now, help me out, come on, let's talk about sex, uh-huh, you, and we, we sang it, we're singing it, we're, you we're singing it, we're singing it and feeling ourselves, I mean, I'll make love to you, like you want me to, and i hold you tight, baby, all truth the night, I'll make love to you, when you want me to, and I will not let go. We didn't know that we were contributing in perversing the atmosphere. And we were telling a generation coming, that every time they heard the word love, they should translate it as sex. Now we have to raise a new crop of secular musicians who will go and correct it. Oh, you didn't hear me. The opposite of gospel music is not secular music. Secular music opposes gospel music because we have not raised people with the foundation in the gospel to sing about love the way God designed it. Those guys are not holy priests. They are royal priests. And we must raise them. Listen, and in raising them, we must raise them more thoroughly than we raise holy priests. Because holy priests serve in the temple. Their temptations are a lot less. You cannot be raising a man for the world and raise him like a... That's a soldier. He cannot entangle himself with civilian affairs. That's a man who must say, I am in the world, but I'm not of the world. To raise that kind of soldier is done more thoroughly. And we will raise a pastor. It's a possibility my generation does not discuss. 
We don't even discuss the possibility of raising men to just speak about culture. I told them in Nigerian music back then, secular music was ooh yeah, I wish you happy birthday. Ooh yeah. Many, many, very happy returns. Make you day look well before you cross. Where you they go, where you they are is God. That's secular music. Nigeria go survive. Those were our secular songs. That time, if you hear Egwe, 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 that was secular music. Auntie. How did we transit to? Oh yeah, make you shake up your bum bum. <laughs> Somebody didn't know that Satan was consciously perversing the atmosphere and bringing to the arrival a generation who will never know love for what God designed it to be. The moment they say love. What they hear sex. And so two people cannot keep. Listen to me. Listen. The Bible says, let me say this, and then I'll read my first scripture. You know, I've not started teaching. The Bible says, by deeds shall men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. Rose, hug me the way you normally hug me. Thank you. That this is how Rose greets me every day. I asked her to do it because we are not Christians until we can have the deepest, closest, most intimate relationships without contamination. That, Jerry, I can go around this church and preach my entire message till I return at the end of the message and it does not cross my mind once that it is a girl who is holding And I will lay it down for you in scripture. Because the scripture scripture says, flee youthful lust. So the moment this touch does anything to me, there's a recommendation in the Bible. And sister, God bless you. There's no greeting as usual, as far as scripture is concerned. You must know that the Bible says to everything, there's a season and a time for every matter. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain. If you don't understand the differences between the timing, people will now take advantage of pure Christian love and begin to plant evil seeds in the congregation of the righteous. Now, let me tell you, the church became a breed of two special people. One set of people who believe that we are we have liberty. Liberty! So even if the liberty is leading us to sin, we have liberty. Then some others are saying, Hey! No liberty. Sisters on that side. Join them. Brothers. Bless you. And you also, Father. The Lord be with you. And, you. and we thought that in putting the gap, we sought sin. Except that the strength of sin is the law. Scripture. 
That means we have not arrived at being Christians. The Bible says that you should enjoy your liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an occasion for the flesh. Abi, that means I must know the point to say to Rose. Okay, come Ella. I must know the point to say to Ella. No, today is not that kind of day. No, no, don't be. No, no, I'm not in that place. No, to know, today is not that kind of day when both of us will sit in a room alone. It's not. Sometimes, for the sake of your salvation, stand by the door. Uh, Ella, have her. Let's go out. Ah, sit down now. No, no. See, Ella, if Joseph comes and he says to you, let's, if standing by the door and he's saying, let's go out, you, even if you don't have spirit, have sense. The brother is working out his salvation with fear and trembling. That day, even if all you need from heaven to earth is a hug, hug the Holy Spirit. John Stone say, because girls end up putting themselves in harm's way in the name of, it's my brother. Okay. One of the things I targeted from the beginning of this church is how we can have the deepest possible contact with no contamination. Because if we don't have the deepest level of contact, there will be secrets that Satan can keep between us that will cause that my sister is dying and we are all speaking and greeting Christianity in church. That's where your present day church is. People come to church and they are greeting one another and people are dying. They can't talk to each other. And the Bible says that the mark by which all men will know we are his disciples is that we have deep love one for another. Say more the following. If that is not achieved, it then means that we, ha- we are going to leave work for our children and our children's children. But if we rise up to be that generation where we understand, the Bible says, love must be unfeigned without hypocrisy. Love what is good, hate what is evil, or cling to that which is good, refrain from that which is evil. That means it is not love until it is that pure. I've got sisters in my life. I call them my sisters. I've got a number of them. When I see them, the excitement is crazy. Sometimes, when they are away, I feel like, oh, like these guys are a thousand miles off from me. But let me tell you something. God is my witness. I can't, in fact, it feels like an abomination to me that I will lie down one day and think, oh boy, that girl is fine, no? See, KB. I will teach you that part. Because your sexuality cannot be renewed until you take charge of your torture. Am I saying there was no temptation? I knew when it was the devil. And right when he was at the door, I checked him. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's my sister. It's not my wife. Do you understand it? Magdalene. Every relationship can be clean. That's the discipline that makes that. Even when you enter into a relationship, that you now know this is an emotional love relationship. You can say, I love this girl emotionally, but this is how far we will come. It's self-control. 
Then on the marriage night, you say, okay, now this line is taken. We can go all the way. No, no, no. Be sincere with yourself. Doesn't it, the way your body used to do you, doesn't it feel like it is impossible? Don't worry, I was there too. And then I lay down the bed. As a teenager, I lay down the bed. I pressed myself on the bed. I pressed myself, I pressed myself. I said, God, I'm just 17. I'll be 18. When will I reach? Has anybody ever been there? Oh. People like to pretend. I pressed myself on the bed. Press, press, press. I said, child. God, I'm just 17. Then I thought, before I marry now, I have to be like 27, 10 years. Oh God. Lord. One day, Ella, in my teenage years, I just thought, let me look for a possibility in the Bible where God can lift the law for like 10 minutes so I can finish. Then you bring back the law. No, I'm just, I'm trying to tell you to come on to man. But tonight, we came to gain back control. Did you hear me? Let me establish this and then we'll read that scripture. I'm glad we, we get to continue tomorrow. Just in case you didn't know, we're continuing tomorrow. So, if this is all we got to say today, and this was the foundation we laid, were you blessed? Can you see clearer now? Yeah. If tonight all we got to do was lay foundations, then let's lay it properly in kitchen. So, listen. Let's come back, Elan. You guys sit down. Sit down, both of you. You come. So I said to you, two first, right? Then what second? Agree. It is in agree that Joseph upgrades her thought. She upgrades Joseph's thoughts. She, you know, they just keep upgrading. Then he, she now looks and she says, even the things he's weak at, he's willing to learn. And then he too looks and he says, even the things she's weak at, she's willing to learn. Then he will say to her, will you marry me? And my problem with the girls is nobody is as ever asking, why should I marry you? Why you? You're getting. They never give you. Confess. You know, they were eating food. Hey, now. You know. She can't even imagine it. Okay, Joseph, do it so that she will not laugh. Get out of here. Raymond, come and do it. You that can shout, do it. What is what? Kneel down, my friend. The way you used to kneel down in worship. <laughs> Hold on. Now you do what girls used to do. <sighs> like me and Kuka. Cool down, cool down, cool down. Now hear me, hear me. See. Let me tell you what I hate in this culture. Number one, is either both of you already knew you were going to marry? Abby? So, what is the surprise? 
that's coming soon. <laughs> but let me tell you the second one and the one I hate, hate the most. In many other cultures and circumstances, it is the guy manipulating the girl to go beyond her reasoning power to say yes if not she will have wasted his sacrifice so you find out that it is increasingly difficult to find a girl who says you get it so we imbibe the culture because we loved how it looked on tv but we did not understand the implication. Because the implication is, if she said yes, because all of us are saying, Oh, hey, oh my God, you're so lucky. Someone is shouting that from the crowd. And you had not taken the time to think about your decision. Where is he going? If I have to follow, where is he leading me to? Have you ever heard a girl say, thank you, but please don't worry, give me two weeks to think about it. And in two weeks, we will both return here and I will answer you. You see, it brings us to a place where we become professionals at manipulating each other's emotions to the place where we subdue the spirit's power to bring up choice and then tomorrow we wonder why we are crying. Two cannot work together except they be agreed. So when you see people finding it difficult to work together, find out whether they ever agreed. What kind of home are we building? What's our foundation? We agreed with my wife when we were married that because we knew that we were entering into a wicked and a perverse generation and many children will not have parents. You know parenting is not giving birth to a child. And you know you are already in the day where many children don't have parents. What they have as parents is TV and nannies and ice cream and joints. So I told my wife, I said, it is obvious that that's the day we are going in. We must train our children so that at 12, my daughter must be able to pastor other people's children in redeeming her generation. You see, if we didn't agree, the night I flog my daughter, my wife would have been thinking, what kind of weakness is this? She's a small child. No, no, no. She's a soldier. If she does not get her values right, one generation is lost. I told her before her 10th birthday party, I said to her, I am doing a party so that you know. That from 10, I expect that the strength of thought in you increases. Whatever you are not sure about, ask. 
whatever you do outside of discussion without asking, I'll flog you for it. And I tell you the next thing. That birthday night, she collected it. No, you can laugh and leave your children off the hook. No, you can laugh and raise your own children differently. Alright? Let my children and your children meet in the future. Am I making sense to anyone? Because if we don't become redemptive in our thinking and understand that there's a generation going lost, we might not be able to do anything about everybody, but we have what it takes to send saviors out of Zion to go saving other people's children. Now imagine that is you they are coming back home to every day. Hey, you they are scale fence. Your daughter was the one that led the scaling. I'm not there yet. I don't know how it feels. I've met parents in that place. Believe me, it's a painful place. And the things that they did that led to that place, if you have told them this is what you are building out of this child, they will have fought with you. There are cultures we must probe. That's why I'm saying, do I have a problem with your brother and Linda? It's his business. Understand? It's Joseph that's kneeling down, not you. He's saying Joseph is kneeling down in his heart. Now I drove Joseph so that Ella will not think that it's serious. Because you know you can just turn from drama to serious. And Ella will say, yes, I do, yes. I do. When I was willing to borrow my ring. Are you following me? Come on, saints. Are you following me? Listen to me. We are in the world. We are not of the world. Probe every culture you are beginning to embrace. Probe it. Are you following me? So you find out that when it's now time to walk together, because they have not agreed. Okay, let's illustrate it. Raymond, stand there, stand there. Two, agree. Okay, agree now. Okay, no, let's do it from here. Come, two of you. One here, one here. Two, right? What? Two, agree. Agree now. Now, walk together. Can you see how beautiful it is? Huh? Go back. Let me show you what your generation teaches you. Two. Walk together. You is, can you see? Can you see? So, they will be trying to agree all the days of their lives. This is the Christian culture. One day we were joining a wedding and I said, when we say you may now kiss the bride, it is supposed that you didn't used to kiss her. If not, we will say, you may now continue from where you stopped. That means God left salient cultures to just tell us something. That there was a day when men looked forward 
to the first time they were going to unveil their brides and kiss them. Now, some mouths have slacked before they arrived at the altar. I told you when I say it, you should laugh so that nobody will know that you are involved. Because now, that's how we greet. The moment we are alone. And we don't do it publicly. We don't. My wife is shy. Me? I can't kiss my wife. Anywhere. And, yeah. You're angry, Grandma. You know why? Please come, baby. Don't worry, I'll not kiss you. I know you're already afraid. Let me tell you something. In the days of our parents, they treated sex as sacred. Many of us didn't even know how babies were born. I mean, we just... They never mentioned the word. It was not in any conversation. Are you following me? It was never public. Satan took it. Sold it in a perverse form. Then a, an entire generation was now introduced to it wrongly. And in God's original intent and design, sex is actually supposed to be sacred. It's, I mean, those of you who can marry before you marry, because we are going for a couple's retreat. There are some things I cannot say here, I'll say there. Because the level of that one, some of you enter the ground, that's what I'm saying. So let me just behave myself. Listen. Listen. Let me say a part of it that you understand. There is no two couple. I mean, two couples. You know two is couples. That's four people. It's not let's welcome the couples and there are two people. It's one couple. Our church English sometimes can be very painful. Say, this is the couple's order of photograph. After this place, we'll follow the couple's. Hey, brother. It's couple. One couple is two people. One couple. When I used to hear that in church, the couple's. The couple's. Don't be choking me. I don't be Oh, Lord. Lord, help our English. Please listen to me. Alright. Listen to me. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, we... There, I want to read First Corinthians chapter six, even if we don't do anything today, so that when we appear tomorrow, and I'll start to tell you what it takes for God, for a person whose sexuality has already been opened, whose mantra has been broken, to find restoration. Yeah, because it is possible in God. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things, including their sexuality, have become. And those knew all things are of God. See. Let me say part of what I'll say to the couple, the couples during our couples retreat. Yeah, I mean couples right now. No two couples sexual experience was designed by God to be the same. 
So, part of the beauties of what God created in sex is the discovery of pleasure between one and the other. Let me tell you one thing Satan stole from you. By all of that pornography and blue films you watched, you created a picture which is actually, which has become an aberration, a perversion. So the moment, even if you manage to not have the action which you have already been having, because Jesus said, if you think too, you have done. Even if you manage not to do it, the moment you enter into marriage, you make marriage a legal slavery. Then I'll be telling the girl, put your leg like this. Like this. I told you, you will be the one get ashamed today. Me, the way I like it, you have to hold something like this. Actually, everything you are trying to play is a picture of the perversion Satan sold to you in some blue movie you watched. Then you find the husband telling his wife, sit on the table, put your leg like this. It's perversion. Then you now hear somebody say, I'm not satisfied sexually. That's why I'm going around. No, it's a lie. It's a devil. When I finished teaching the youth seminar, somebody asked, he said, if we have not watched it, how will we know what to do? Excuse me, what did goats watch? Which film? Sex is a God instinct. A child is born. I want to see Godia's baby today. And the moment he woke up, he went, who told him? Certain things are designed by God and put into you. The day you arrive there, you will know from within what you should do. Don't let Satan bring you into a bondage. Don't permit it. There's a generation that will posture what was in the heart of God and cause an entire generation to regret their movements away from God. That is, that, those, that people, that people are the people that Isaiah spoke about when he said the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above the hills. Because when men are running away from marriages, they'll be watching our marriages get sweeter and better. Then they will soon think that we are doing Facebook love. You know there's something called Facebook love. People will finish pounding themselves inside. Then they will now come on Facebook. Me and Boo. My husband is Bay. What? One day I was cancelling somebody whose Facebook profile I knew. There was almost a weekly Boo Bay upload. When I heard what was happening between Bo and Bay, then I knew that we had an assignment. And our assignment was to posture what was in the heart of God to the extent to which that which is hypocritical will fade in the light of that which is beautiful. Am I talking to my generation? I said, am I talking to my generation? Tomorrow, we will break into covenants in this place by the grace of God. I'm not talking about covenants that come from will. 
I'm talking about covenants that come by the power of the word of God that supplies grace to rise up into the levels of the thought of God. Because when you hear the word of God, it tells you what God's grace has supplied. When you hear God say abstain, he's not saying try. He's saying I've made my grace available. You will rise up from there. What you used to love, you will now abhor. That's how Jesus does it. Oh, am I talking to the right generation? We owe our children. We owe them to make every motion that we do towards each other real. So if I took my wife's hand and I pecked it, everybody should think, oh God, that, there was no pretense in that. That's not public. No, pastor just controlled himself. If they were alone, he would have done more than just pecker. her. Maybe one day I should let my wife speak. Let her tell you the kind of things I say. You don't believe I'm born again. You know some of you are so born again, you cannot express anything. Say my sister. <laughs> Did you hear my wife? She said, who is your sister? The Lord says it's not good for man to be alone. Can we be together right now? I said, please sit down. I, am I talking to anybody? If you don't get this general foundation, see, I choose the way of the Lord. Sing it with my eyes. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose the way of the Lord. Say, I choose the way of the Lord for the way of the Lord is the way of me I choose the way of the Lord say for the way of the Lord is the way of me say I choose 
life. If you need help at whatever category, you are saying, I didn't know this was how God thought about it. I've been thinking about it differently. Tonight, I want to plug into God's ways. Come forward very quickly. Don't waste time. Just come. You want to say, I want to plug into the way of God. I did not know this was how God was thinking about it. Tonight, make it here. And if you are watching me online, lift up your hands where you are and reach out to God. Tell him, I want to walk your way.
Lift up your hands. Oh, the presence of the freshness of heaven rain on me. Rain on me. Fill me with the power of heaven. Rain on me. Rain on me. One more time. Would you help me say, oh, the breath. Oh, the breath of the freshness of heaven. Rain on me. over you. I break the gates of brass and I cut the bars of iron asunder. Nobody is under the, the chains and the bondage of any addiction at all. In the name of Jesus. Tonight, I bring you liberty. Now breathe the breath of God. Receive the breath of God. Enter into the grace of our Lord Jesus. Walk in the wisdom of Jesus. Walk in the power of Jesus. Never again will you return to this slavery. It is the liberty that Christ has made you free. You will never be entangled again to the yoke of slavery. So I release you into liberty. Enjoy the freedom of God. In the name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen. Return to your seats as gladly as you can. It is done. You must believe it. So celebrate God as you go. Celebrate Him as you go. for a few minutes. I've got like 10 more minutes and we're out of here. True liberty happened here. And tonight we will celebrate our freedom in Jesus. Never to be brought under the control of anything. I told you what to do, right? Don't, don't start with sex first. Start with small, small things. Anything that wants to show you it is controlling, give it. Tell Satan, let me see whether I will die. Hallelujah. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me lay out the scripture. Ah! 
Darukatia na makatu zitika na tayahala. Hey! Come start from verse 9. You verse 9. Just follow the reading, alright? Tomorrow I'll take the time and just break it down. Because our target is, like I said to you tonight, there is no, no amount of sexual addiction that God does not see. Believe me. When he met Rahab, he wasn't discussing her customers. And in no time, Rahab was in the lineage of the Savior. John Sam saying, don't, don't. When David toasted Bathsheba, was she dumb? She too, she liked the guy now. She liked him. She saw bigger cards. Are you following me? Give me from verse 9. You know the song we'll close with today. It's unto you. Because we'll celebrate our freedom more. Huh? We're praying as hearing the sound of chains. They were coming down. Some of you will go home today. You will not find the man that came here. I said you will not find that man. That man will have been gone already. Buried in God's presence. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Next verse. Verse 10. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners shall inherit what? That means God cannot entrust the kingdom to any man who is perpetually found in these things. Don't let anybody deceive you. What these things take away from you is your right to be a part of what God is doing. Peter quoted it later. He said, For so shall an entrance be granted unto you into the everlasting kingdom of our God. When you learn to add to your faith patience, you add to patience, you add, you add, you add. Then he said, If these things do not be in you, you are blind, you cannot see afar off, and you have forgotten that you were cleansed from your old sins. What does that mean? It means that if you see a man who claims to be born again and is comfortable within his sin, he just stopped adding to his faith. A man who keeps adding to his faith will never be comfortable in sin. He said, these things be in you and they are bound. They will make that you are neither barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. Give me that scripture. Second chapter 1. I guess that will be verse 9 or 10. Alright? If these things be in you and they are bound, they will make that you are neither barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. He said, but if any man lacks these things, then he's blind. He cannot see afar off. No, no, no. Nah, 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 nah. Nine, 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 nine. Second chapter one, nine, nine, nine. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and had forgotten that he was what? That means if you are not adding consistently to your faith, you will soon forget that you are purged from your old sins. Then you will become comfortable in your old sins. Next verse. He said, wherefore the rather, brethren, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. How do you make your calling and election sure? By adding to your faith consistently. You are adding patience. You are adding temperance. You are adding... What these things make is that when God wants to do anything in the earth, He will come to you first. That's the kind of man I want to be. For if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will become a vessel unto honor. Don't let anybody deceive you. Your sin does not stop God from loving you. It just stops God from trusting you with eternal things. Yeah. 
God can't trust you with eternal things if you live perpetually in sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? So anybody who wants to be relevant in God's agenda, he strive every day is to wake up. We used to sing those songs and people used to laugh at us. My song every day, but I never to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer to thee. You can laugh at them and say it's on each song. It's all right. Nearer to thee, nearer to thee. Oh Lord, draw me nearer, nearer to thee. Say closer to thee, closer to thee. Oh Lord, draw me closer to thee. Say my song, my song every day. Father, draw me nearer, oh, draw me from your own sin. Now nobody is saying focus on sin and say I want to overcome sin. No. That's not God's strategy. But every day wake up. Know that there's an attribute you see in God you need to add. I need to add patience. I need to add temperance. I need to add faith. I need to add self-control. The more you are adding, the more you are walking away from sin. But a man who stops adding will soon forget that he was redeemed. So what do you see? He now begins to hang around his old sins. And your old sin will not stop God from loving you. It will only stop him from trusting you with eternal things. So you will barely go by. But you will not be very relevant. So where Father had brethren, give diligence to make your calling an election sure. He said, for what? If you do these things, say, oh, what's the word there? Is that fail or fall? It's fall. That means my guarantee that I will never fall is that I'm consistently adding to my faith. Give me verse 11. I love that verse. Give me verse 11. Read it. One, two, three, go. Abundantly into what? Of our Lord. He said, when you keep adding, very soon, whatever Jesus wants to do in his kingdom, he will add you in it. You say to you, you know I want to change government in Nigeria. You were sitting alone. You didn't think that. The reason why God began to trust you. He said, said, oh Lord, is that what you want to do? He says, no, that's not just what I want to do. That's what I want to do through you. Say, Lord, me? He says, so get up now. Meet that person. Speak with him. Meet that person. Speak with him. Go and meet that one. Speak with him. By the time you are done with the conversations, all your doubts have cleared. He said to Jeremiah, don't say I'm small. You would go where I send you and say what I send you to say. Then suddenly you discover that there was potential in you you didn't even know. The only way you can find it is when you consistently keep adding. For so, 
shall an entrance be ministered unto you abundantly. That means God will not spare it. He will give it to you in abundance. You are wondering why certain people just seem to know what is in the mind of God. Look at those people carefully. They are daily adding to their faith. I hear a man say, I didn't rest last night. I went out to jog this morning, Lilia. Joggo, the Holy Ghost won't let me. I don't mean he stopped me from jogging. As I was jogging, I spoke with him till I passed the place I was jogging to. Because I made a target in my heart. When I get here, I will turn. The conversation was sweet. I told him, let me extend. Let me get to Marquez when I get there. And he was telling me how to measure what realm you are operating from. How to measure the shadow, the extent of the covering of your shadow. And God said to me, you can be my prince, an angel in the earth. Jesus. The kind of things I heard, when I came back, I said to my wife, God was teaching me some dangerous things. Just walking. I can't wait for tomorrow. I want to road walk again. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we can continue the conversation from where we stopped yesterday. So I stick up. Until he shows up. Don't tongue the Holy Ghost away. So you are too spiritual for the spirit. The essence of engaging at that level is for him to come. When he comes, one of the things you must learn is quieting your soul. Because he's ready to speak. When you quieten like that, he starts to say to you, the things he showed me, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in heavenly realms, he told me how to surmount every one of them. And he showed me, he said a man can determine in what realm he operates by what he keeps consistently in his attention. He said if a man only thinks about himself, the list of princes is what he's dealing with. So the man can never arise into a governmental place. See, that's not what we came to discuss. I'm saying to you, when you live perpetually there, what it does is it denies you an entrance. Please, take me back to my scripture, yeah? In 1 Corinthians 6. Oh Lord, give me five more minutes. We'll be out of here. I, I was determined that we, we can't pass eight today. It will not happen. Take me back to my scripture now. See, they are adding my minutes now. First Corinthians 6 10. Nor thieves, nor corruptors, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. Give us 11 quickly. And such were what? Listen to me. Every one of us must acknowledge that this is where we are coming from. So that you don't ever hear that God is trying to restore some people's sexuality. Then, in fact, some of you, your undoing is the fact that you are a virgin. Because what you ended up wearing was self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is a filthy rag before God. God would rather use a regenerated prostitute than use you. That's what the prayer of the Pharisee and the prayer of the tax collector meant. And Pharisee hits his chest and says, I'm grateful that I'm not like. Even if you are not like, did you keep yourself? Acknowledge it. Don't sit down thinking he's talking to all those people who will not learn how to close their leg. It's a new leg closer. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So Paul entered and said, And such were some of you. But somebody say, But. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't say the but like a human being. Say but. But, but what? 
that means that was how I used to be. But now, that's not me. Tomorrow, I'll explain new creature to you. See, see, see. Let me tell you something. Anita, let nobody ever associate you with what you used to do. You are not what you used to do. You are now a new creature. See, let me tell you something. If you did it before you came for this service, and you came out for this prayer, and went back, that's no longer you. The person who did it is dead. Now what we need to teach you is the work that brings you to the place where the effect of that thing is taken from you. Which is what I'll focus on tomorrow. Such as some of you, but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. Say, I'm washed. Say, I'm sanctified. Say, I'm justified. See, 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 see. Whether you are renewed sexuality or sanctified sexuality or any sexuality, say, I am washed. Say, I'm justified. What's the third one say? I'm sanctified. Okay, say it again. Say, I'm washed. Say, I'm sanctified. Say, I'm justified. It's where it starts from. You must know that the person who did it is dead. We'll talk about that tomorrow. By the Spirit of our God. Next person. Amen. And all things, what? Oh, mother. Did I talk about this thing today? Everything is lawful. Right? You know this is the 21st century. If two consenting adults... Joy, say don't pass it in. Come, baby. Daddy, come. Daddy, come. Daddy, come. Daddy, show me. Sorry. I thought it was a worship song. And she will explain it. I've told you, this guy is not saved. Two consenting adults. She have passed 18, Abby. And do I look less than 18 to you? So, two consenting adults close the door. Whatever they do behind closed doors is their business. They are old enough. So when he was saying all things are lawful, he wasn't saying that everything, there's nothing that's sinful. What he's saying is, society can degenerate to the place where that which is sinful becomes lawful. In the days of Lot, right? Sodomy became the normal. That Lot was now the one who was wrong for keeping men away from men. Lot didn't say, I will call the police. He was begging them. It then means that the law was on their side. And the place we are going in this world, except that the Lord intervened for us globally, bringing mad people like Trump. Like him, don't like him, is your bloody business. Let me tell you the truth. God just shortened the time of the manifestation of the man of sin by a final intervention that will permit for a harvest before the manifestation. Those guys were ready to sweep the world. I hear preachers say they go to Oprah Winfrey for counsel. And they say it publicly that there's no Christian money. We need help Please, leave me. I don't want to start global trouble. My life is of a global consequence already. I know it. 
God doesn't speak to you in vain now. They were already on the way there. When you hear gay rights, what are you hearing? It will soon be wrong for you to keep your son away from a gay guy who is looking for him. They will arrest you for it. That was the days of Lord. And Jesus said, as it was in that day. So shall it be in the days of the coming of Solomon. You think we are far off? No, we are really very close. So whatever two consenting adults precious, do behind closed doors is their business. All things can decide to be lawful. But how you judge what is truth is by checking what is expedient. Is it necessary? Is it beneficial? If I slept with joy and my wife Sarah hears it, the pain that comes from her heart, will I bear it if I hear that she slept with Alex? When you put somebody's daughter inside corner and you are touching her carelessly, know that when you are a father, if you turned the corner and saw your daughter pinned to the wall, will it be a sight you will enjoy? All things can become lawful, but all things are not expedient, they are not necessary. I told you earlier, the reason why you drink coke carelessly is because there's no law around it. It's not alcohol. So you can enter into a coke addiction and not think that the spirit is putting check in your heart. So even when the Holy Spirit is saying to you, slow down that coke matter, you're thinking, no, ah, what is it now? It's not beer, I'm not drinking beer. Someone cannot drink beer, cannot drink coke too. Please, let me finish this thing. All things are expedient, but all things are all things are lawful for me, but I will not be what? Help me. I will not be what? What under the power of any? I'll continue that tomorrow. Next verse. Let's just read to the end of verse six, chapter six. Meat and the belly for the moon. But God shall destroy both the meat and the belly. Now, the body was not created for fornication but it was created for the Lord and the Lord was created for the body I will, I will sit on that tomorrow as our entrance key that's why you cannot overcome fornication until you can say my body is the temple of the living God if you don't know the amount of romance that happens between your body and the Holy Spirit. I didn't say your spirit. The Bible didn't say, no, you know that your spirits are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This body you are carrying carelessly is where the Holy Spirit wants to find expression from. Okay. Next verse. Quickly. Let's just do a read through, right? And, and God had raised up the Lord he had raised, he had both raised up the Lord and will also raise up by 
That means in our romance with the Lord consistently, we now discover that the same way the Lord raised up Jesus, he will also raise us up. Next verse. And know ye not that what? Are the saliva then take what belongs to Christ and make him somebody say the God forbid pure properly. Next verse. No, no. Did you see the what? Know ye not that he that is joined with a harlot is what? That he begins to execute the will of the harlot? That's why there's no way you can get into fornication and not get into a soul tie. What it does to you is it makes you begin to... That's why when a husband or a wife begins to have an affair outside, their attention moves from the home. So their resources go there, their attention goes there, their time goes there. You find out that their affection cannot stay home. That's how we destroyed family units and raised up broken children whose fathers and mothers are alike. Know ye not that that which is joined with a hallowed is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Meaning two have not become one flesh until they are joined. That's sex. But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? Why is it one spirit? I thought it was body you were joining. Abi, say it's body you gave. But the Bible says it's one spirit. Meaning it is the spirit of the Lord that takes possession of your body. It is not your body that takes possession of the spirit. Next verse. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man commits is without his body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. Next verse. Next verse. For you are but but arise. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which both are God's. That's the end of that chapter. Tomorrow we'll walk into chapter 7. But tonight, I wanted you to carry this scripture and know that even if you had been broken before, the Lord himself can redeem you. Alright? So would you bow your heads and let us pray. Father, you have traveled with us tonight. May your brothers this far. You have delivered us from our captivities. You have brought us to light and truth. You have strengthened our hearts by your word. You have edified us and planted our feet firmly. Now we ask that as we go, Teach us to meditate on these things. Cause our hearts to stay firmly focused on them. Until the fruit of this becomes our lives. In the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ourselves. Deliver us from our old sins. And aid us, O God, to arise into the newness of life that we find in Christ Jesus. Lord, as the people go tonight, I ask that you bless and keep them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Strengthen them, O God, and give them your shalom peace. Lord, make provision for everyone who needs provision tonight. And return us tomorrow, O God, established in this truth, to continue with you. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. So, like you know, we will continue tomorrow at 4.30. When you come at 4.30,